Good morning. We're doing a series on the life of Joseph and the tests that he had to go through before he became the Prime Minister of Egypt. So far, we've looked at the pride test, and last week we looked at the pit test. This week, we're looking at the palace test, which is really what, it's, what it means to live in the presence of God. Our reading today is from Genesis 39, verses 1 to 6. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he, was made, that he made him overseer of his house uh, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. I guess it's a bit like me. I sort of earn all the money in our family, and Helen spends it. Let's advance to uh, verse 23 and 24 in that same chapter, which describes what happened when Joseph ended up in prison. It says, The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So here's Joseph. He's betrayed by his brothers. He's sold to Ishmaelites. They take him to Egypt and he is sold as a slave. In those days, slaves had absolutely no freedom or rights. Yet God favoured Joseph in this terrible situation. He was so successful that he was put in charge of his master's entire household. Even though he had God's favour though, he was still falsely accused and he ended up spending 12 years in prison. This whole favour thing is a very interesting area because we can think that if we have the favour of God on us, then nothing will go wrong in our lives. Joseph had God's favour, but he spent 12 years in prison. Throughout these devastating events, there's this recurring sentence. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord blessed Joseph in all that he did. Joseph did not turn away from the Lord through all his difficulties and trials. The result was that the Lord was always with him, even in his most difficult circumstances. Sometimes the higher that God wants to take us, the lower we have to go. You can't build a multi-story building on the foundation of a small house. 
Joseph had to learn certain skills and to develop authority and maturity. God is not just a part of our life. We're a part of his plan and his purpose. Imagine if the Lord prospered everything that you did. Imagine if we could say the Lord was with Lynn or with Jim and blessed him or her in all that he or she did. Are we able to attract and carry God's favour in our lives to walk in his blessing and success like Joseph did? There's a hyper-prosperity teaching that's going around today that I, I just don't agree with because it focuses on selfish ambition rather than glorifying the Lord. Do you know people that are successful in everything that they do? We had a, a business friend in Tauranga who was extremely successful. Every property he bought increased in value. His brother was a partner with him in the family business. His brother died of an aneurysm in his early 50s. In Brunei, they celebrate Teacher's Day every year. And part of the celebration is to take all the staff out for dinner in the evening. And so we would go to these teacher's dinners. And at the end of the dinner, they would have a lucky prize draw. And different parents from the students of the school would donate prizes. And there were things like a free meal or a rice cooker. And, um, and they'd pull the names out of the, the hat and different people would win prizes. And there were about 200 people at the meal and they had about 20 prizes. And we were in that country for six years. And for the first five years, every single year that they did this lucky draw, either I or Helen would win a prize or we'd both win a prize. And so when we got to our final year there, <clears throat> another expat teacher arrived and he came up to the table that most of the expats were sitting at and he threw his Pajero keys on the table and he says, I bet, I'm betting my Pajero that the Armstrongs won a prize tonight. And so we're going through this lucky draw and we haul out the, the first 15 names and we're not one of them and I'm sort of thinking, oh, this is going to be a bit of a laugh on him. And then, then he says, I'm not worried. He says, the Armstrongs are too lucky to win these prizes. These are just the small ones. And then they get to the final prize, which was, uh, a sp was sponsored by Royal Brunei Airlines and it was a return flight to Kotu Kinabalu and a week's accommodation in this, the Shangri-La Hotel. And they pull the name out, Helen Armstrong. <laughs> well, I don't know what's happened to that favour that I used to have, but um, maybe it'll come back one day. The Hebrew word for prosperity means to push forward. And the Greek word for prosper means to help along the road. And so God wants to push us forward 
so that we can bless other people. We can help other families. We can help our church members and congregation. We can help our workmates, our community to prosper and to succeed. The whole of um, Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph was in that household. Wouldn't it be amazing if God blessed this church in all manner of ways because there are people in this place that carry the favour of God. The word favour is also translated as grace and it can mean God's power, God's provision and ability to accomplish his will in our lives. When Joseph was serving as a slave in Potiphar's house, he could have very easily become bitter and resentful. He could have chosen to be lazy and to take shortcuts. But he chose to work hard, to honour God in everything that he did. And so Genesis 39 verse 23, Therefore the Lord was with him, and he was a successful man. And so the key to prosperity is the presence of the Lord. God is supreme. God never fails. If we're in step with the Lord, we also will prosper. How well do you really know God? To what extent do you want to obey Him and to please Him? It's a matter of finding out what the Lord is wanting to do and getting in step with Him. Psalm 16 verse 11 you will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Are you allowing the Lord to direct your path? If we know that God delights in us, then we will live a life of holiness. We will enjoy his presence. We will desire to please him in all things will find no pleasure in doing wrong things that we know he disapproves of. will learn, grow, mature, enjoy and reflect more and more of his glory. The problem is though that we can choose to walk away from the presence of the Lord. The Lord never removes his presence but we can choose to walk away from him. In Genesis 4 verse 16 it says, So when Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod. So here's Cain. He has an argument. He doesn't repent and confess his wrongdoing. And so he ran away. He removed himself from God's protection. And we do the same when we deliberately rebel against those things that we know the Lord wants us to do. We don't find significance and self-worth in our relationship with God, then we'll spend our whole life trying to promote ourselves and we'll end up resentful. Think of David the shepherd boy. His brothers were striving to be Israel's next king. David was out there looking after the sheep. The world measures success by possessions, assets, career, and qualifications. 
An idol is anything that takes God's place in our lives. Who or what is your ultimate concern in life? What do you think about most of the day? What do you dream about, plan for, hope for? Is it possessions or pleasure? We can spend our lives chasing all these things, but we will end up empty. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 tells us, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Other people worship their own bodies. They can never get quite enough exercise or health and beauty products. One day our looks are going to fade. The force of gravity will eventually take over. For others it's the pursuit of pleasure, food, sex, parties and entertainment. Philippians 3.19 tells us, Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. In his day, Muhammad Ali was a boxer that couldn't be beaten. His picture was on the cover of Sports Illustrated magazine more than any other athlete. Cameras followed him everywhere he went. But he fell victim to Parkinson's disease. Wealth, fame and fitness are no guarantee of good health. Sports writer Gary Smith visited Ali's home and asked to see his trophy room. Ali escorted him into a dark, damp barn where there was a display board, photos of the thriller in Manila, pictures of Ali dancing, punching and hoisting championship belts above his head. But the pictures were smeared with white streaks from the pigeons in the rafters. Ali turned the board and faced it towards the wall. As he left, Smith heard him say, I had the whole world and it was nothing. Look at me now. Our God is not whom we name, but who we serve. What is your focus in life? What directs your interests? and concern. Is it your career? Is it your family? Is it yourself? Paula Gamble wrote, our identity is not in what we do or how effective, capable or famous we are. It's in being chosen, wanted, loved as we are, not as we think we should be. So Joseph's delight was in the Lord. Genesis 39 verse 2 tells us the Lord was with Joseph. John 15 verse 15 says, and this is Jesus speaking, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father I have made known to you. Isn't that incredible? Everything that Jesus knows, he is willing to pass on to us. 
God has called us into an intimate relationship with himself. A close friend is able to hear, perceive, and discern things that other people can't. I've been married to Helen for 35 years now, and I know her very well. I know how she will respond in certain situations, because I know how she thinks and how she feels. When we go out for dinner, I can pretty much guess what she's going to order. We look at the menu, and I know what she likes. But in our, in our family, we have this sort of idea that we never order the same thing. Because if it's not very good, we both miss out. But if it is good, well, we can share it with the other. And um, so if she's going to order something then I can't order that same thing. I've got to order something else. But I'm prepared to you know, let her go first most of the time. <laughs> and so if there's, if there's salmon on the menu, Helen will have the salmon and I'll probably end up with a steak. But we know each other. We can perceive and understand each other's thoughts and what our desires are and how we will act and behave in a similar situation. And it's exactly the same in our relationship with God. As we get to know God more and more, we know exactly what he wants us to do and say in a given situation. We know how he thinks. We feel his leading very strongly in our lives. It's through intimacy that we discern and receive God's favor for in our lives. When we walk with God, we're successful. When we walk away from God, we fail. To walk with God means to obey Him, to do the things that He says. Joseph was successful in everything because God was with him. Even when conditions are difficult, God ultimately makes all things work together for good. There are numerous stories of people who served the Lord under extremely difficult circumstances. When we persevere in his plan and purpose, God makes our plans succeed. 2 Kings 18 verse 7, The Lord was with Hezekiah. He prospered wherever he went. John 3 verse 2, Beloved, and this is a prayer for believers. This is a prayer for you, for us. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. But timing is also very important in the ways of God. Psalm 1 verse 3 tells us that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season you may have to wait for the season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers we looked at the story of Adoniram Judson's life and we saw what incredible hardship that man went through but what an amazing legacy he has left Timing is important. If he'd given up early, he wouldn't have seen that incredible fruitfulness in Burma, in Myanmar. 
So God desires to push us forward in our career, in our family, in our ministry. Potiphar was an unbeliever, yet even he recognised that the Lord was with Joseph. His house was blessed because of Joseph's presence. Is your employer blessed because you work for him or her? The key to prosperity is the presence of the Lord. And this comes through obedience. John 14 verse 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and will come to them and make our home with them. Isn't that incredible that God lives inside of us and can communicate to us when we're listening and we're in relationship? 1 Samuel 18 verses 12 and 14. Saul was afraid of David. Because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. In everything David did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. Wouldn't it be incredible if God could say the same thing about you and about me? God only walks with obedient servants. Our attitudes are as important to God as our actions it's possible to be obedient, yet not really willing. We're doing things out of obligation rather than a desire to please God. Some of you may be thinking, well, I just find it too hard to obey. I'm a basically naughty person. Obedience flows out of faith and love. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't please God in your own strength. You've got to have God on your side, giving you the power to walk the life. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you believe in him and you obey him, ultimately he will reward you. Maybe not in the way that you expect. So confidence in God's existence and his nature is essential for us to have a living faith. When we turn on the shower, we're confident that the warm water will eventually come, even if we have to wait a while. When we turn on that tap of obedience, it may feel cold for a while. We have to believe that it's eventually going to warm up. So today we've seen that the key to true prosperity is the presence of the Lord in our lives. If we're walking with the Lord, we will succeed. The key to the presence of the Lord is obedience, and the key to obedience is faith in God. The key to faith is hearing and believing the truth of God's word. Romans 10:17 tells us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So read God's word. Listen to it on your phones. There's a free app called the And Bible and the And Bible will read to you from your phone. So you've got no excuse for not listening to God, listening to his word 
every day. The word of God has great power to change your life. Psalm 119 verses 9 to 11. And this is, you know, the temptations that come upon the youth of today are enormous. So how can a young person stay on God's path to purity? By living according to God's word. God, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. To treasure the word is to allow, allow that word to judge our thoughts and our attitudes and to expose our motives. Do you hear and obey God's word? Or just the bits that are convenient for you? Being absolutely certain that God's promises are true makes it a lot easier. So Joseph listened to God. He obeyed him. And he was blessed in all that he did. Willing obedience keeps us in the presence of the Lord. Our faith grows when we hear his voice and believe that God will honour his word. So living in God's presence is a matter of hearing, of believing and obeying. God loves everyone and sent Jesus to die for the sins of the whole world. God has poured out his favour and goodness on us through his son, Jesus Christ. But only those who receive it by faith will walk in this reality. Let's pray. Lord, we desire your presence, your power. We want to see you prosper this church, Lord. And through prospering this church, blessing this church, we want to reach this community, this town, for you. Lord, we thank you for the vision that you've given us. And Lord, as we press into you, and as we pray, and we obey, and we have faith, and we share our faith with those around us, Lord, we are confident that you are going to do a mighty work in our lives, in the life of this church, and in the life of this town. May it be so, in Jesus' name. Amen.